Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Steve Woodrow. Well, I wish I had some more detailed news about July 5th for you, but I don't. (laughs) So, uh, please... Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, as you know, this whole planning thing, it seems like everything changes week to week. And so we're in, pray for us, we're in uh, negotiations, so we say, with our, with not negotiations, but we're uh, talking to the city, the county, trying to uh, come up with a plan for the 5th. Got some other things in the works, possibly for July, maybe for the 5th too. So there's a lot of things um, that we're looking at and we're excited about. Um, it's just that uh, I think things are moving slow and uh, or um, just dynamic when it comes to the number of details, uh, as you know, with everything going on. So pray for us. And uh, I am sure that God has just the perfect place and everything else for us. Hey, happy Father's Day. Um, dads, I am going to speak directly to you this morning. This doesn't mean that uh, this, there isn't something here for the ladies because uh, we're going to talk about spiritual fatherhood this morning. It's something that's built into every one of us. We all need it. Uh, and uh, dads, we need to be it. And uh, I'm going to talk this morning just about the barriers. Uh, the reality is for all of us, most of us did not have an earthly father who was our spiritual father. We're going to define what we mean by a spiritual father as we look in Scripture. Um, but that does not let us off the hook in the sense that we need to, get, when we're saved, the transformational power of the gospel and the hope that we have in Jesus is uh, what changes us and what makes us into what God um, wants us to be. And so I want us to, uh, uh, my prayer is that this morning we're going to awaken to that as dads, uh, as men, to have a, uh, a new vision, a renewal, and even some healing and release this morning um, when it comes to understanding our role of what the gospel makes us. And here, here's the reality. If you're out there and you're a man and you're watching, you're not a father. That does not um, uh, mean that you're, you cannot be a spiritual father. Um, and we're going to even look at Paul. He wasn't an earthly father, but he was a spiritual father to many. He had many children that went on right, uh, for eternity. And so that's what we're going to look at. As far as dads, as far as our family, the number one uh, thing God calls us to, do, to be to our children is a spiritual father, first and foremost. Um, and uh, that's a high order. And we all need help and encouragement along the way in that difficult task. So, um, but we're going to dive in this morning. We're going to be in this little book. My guess is most of us have not been and read this one book chapter in the New Testament, Philemon. And uh, some might call it Philemon. I've heard Philemon. uh, uh, There's different ways to say it. But technically in the Greek, if you really want to know, there's an A. That E there is A, Philemon. So um, we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at another character in this book uh, called um, uh, uh, Onesimus. Or uh, if you want to say it accurately, again, according to this, Onesimus. And... um, 
It's a phenomenal little story that we overlook. It's right, this little book, it's found right before the book of Hebrews, the New Testament. So I'd encourage you, I hope you have your Bible and that you will uh, turn there. This book is powerful because um, the truth of this book actually is what, uh, behind this is the power of the gospel to bring reconciliation and to awaken uh, uh, in people's hearts uh, the power of the gospel. And this, from this book, is actually what began Right, the gospel move in people's hearts in the Roman Empire and moved through the generations into um, uh, abolishing slavery as we know it. So uh, there's many multiple uh, powerful things in this little book that we're going to look at. I'm going to hone in, though, on Paul's relationship here in this little book uh, as a spiritual father for us in the power of the gospel. Um, and the historical uh, piece to start with is... Um, Someone has said that every social ill or social problem today ultimately can be uh, tied to fatherlessness. Um, and we're going to go a little deeper, not just fatherlessness, but the, actually the biggest uh, issue that impacts us uh, more than anything is the lack of spiritual fatherlessness. And again, I don't, I'm not going to take time to break that down, but I think we know in our culture around the world throughout history uh, when, the, uh, when, when there is fatherlessness is that it thrusts a society, it thrusts a family, it thrusts a whole world, right, into chaos and into destructive things. And it is the gospel, at the heart of the gospel is what renews this um, idea of, of, of uh, the blessing of what it means to be a spiritual father. Um, it's the, it's the, the work that we're called to. So um, the book of Philemon, um, I'm going to just dive in this morning, uh, and as we look and define what we mean by spiritual uh, fatherhood, especially for us dads to really think about and just look at some practical things, and then we're going to move to the end here and just trust that the Lord is going to bring some healing, bring some breakthrough um, in, in certain areas. Um, let me just begin before we get in, just some things to think about. We're going to come back to these, these big questions, but uh, the first one is, who is your father? It's a big question. It's where a lot of our story comes. Our father stamps our identity more than we'd ever realize. It's just the way God created it. Um, and therefore, there's a huge responsibility in being a father. And that ultimate responsibility in being a spiritual father is to lead our children to their heavenly father. It's the only way, right, that ultimately um, our hearts can be right, set free to, to the gospel. But we all know, because every one of us have experienced, um, we'll say, father wounds or wounds from the past. We don't know our father, absent father, whatever. We might have had a great father, we, a really, really good father, but, but he wasn't a spiritual father to us. And so we're missing, right, that element. Um, it's the power of the gospel to come in and restore and heal those things. This is one of the things we see continually all through the scripture is that the gospel restores us, right? It, it, Jesus, through Jesus, he introduces us to our heavenly father and through the Holy Spirit, we learn to get healed and move from being held back in our past, right? To move forward with eyes forward in faith and to live under the inheritance of our heavenly father, the things uh, being restored to us that our earthly father should have been leading us into. Um, second question is, do you have a spiritual father? Um, if, if our earthly father didn't play that role, do you have a spiritual father? And we're going to see here the role that Paul played in multiple people's lives. He called Timothy his child. We're going to see here um, uh, 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 
Onesimus is that um, when he met Paul in, uh, in Rome, which is a wild story in and of itself, is Paul led him to Jesus, led him to his heavenly father, brought restoration, right, in the gospel uh, to him and became his spiritual father and discipled him up in the Lord as, as a spiritual father. So this question is, are we, if we don't have a spiritual father, are we aware of our need for one? Are we aware of our need for a man to walk alongside us and to lead us, right, to our heavenly father, to make us strong, bring healing from our past, right, so that we might be that father, that spiritual father that God's called us to. The third question is, do we have confidence in our relationship with our Heavenly Father? Um, boy, I don't have to say it. I think every, every one of us is, is men today. This is where the rubber meets the road is, is all of our, our struggles and purpose and direction and identity and calling and all these big things. What it means to be a man is tied to our confidence in our relationship with our Heavenly Father and, and how do we get that confidence in who he is uh, as, as our father? That is the work of the gospel, but that's also the work of discipleship, having another man walk alongside us and encourage us, right, in this, in this process. And so I, I just want to give out something simple to you. Maybe uh, you never have even thought about these things or just thought, well, gosh, I, I had a bad experience or, or I, I'm still struggling trying to work through the wounds of my earthly father. Um, the scripture God is our heavenly father and he has good things for us. And I would just say this simple thing, ask for one. Ask God to bring you fathers, dads, a spiritual father. To bring you another man or men, group of men, who push you on to your heavenly father. To bring freedom and healing in your life that you might be the man you need to be and the father you need to be to your children and the husband you need to be to your wife. Um... I, uh, even this morning, got a text just from uh, some, some men in my life that I, I'm blessed to know throughout the years have journeyed together, and, and, and there's just this constant encouragement to be that spiritual father, to be that man, and uh, without that, I, I, I wouldn't be uh, who I am today, and uh, some of you out there I know this morning didn't get a text like that. Some of you out there did not get a text from another man, another uh, buddy, a peer, or whatever, pushing you on, encouraging you that you're a great dad, that you uh, are, are God's for you, and, 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 to, and the encouragement that you have other men praying for you, pushing you on for that. And so I want to encourage you this morning, ask for it. This morning we're going to ask that God would provide that for you. But here's the kicker. It takes faith to step out, ask and expect and put yourself, make your ava yourself available to other men, right? To come alongside. And, 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 and sometimes the beginning of healing, it requires this, this simple but profound thing as a man, I need help. I, I need some help. I need you to be with me, spend time with me to show me how to be a father, how to walk with God, how to be a, a spiritual father. And uh, that's the discipleship process, to follow. We all desperately need that, and we need it restored in the life of the church. So those are the things hopefully we're going to see pulled out of this wonderful little book, The Power of the Gospel, uh, in Paul being our model here for a spiritual father um, and what that looks like. So if you have your Bibles open to this um, wonderful little book, I want to just give a little background first, is... Um, <clears throat> 
In ancient Greek and ancient Rome, more than a third of the population of the cities, now I want you to think about this, more than a third of the population were people who were enslaved. Um, it was a, a massive issue, and, and, and the slavery here was somewhat different than what we think of, of slavery here. It wasn't until, in slavery back in ancient Greece and Rome, it wasn't seen as immoral. What was seen as immoral was how masters treated slaves and vice versa. Uh, it wasn't until later in history, right, where the slave trade, everything that we're familiar about that is the blotch on our own country and everything here um, was uh, in, in, in democracy came where that, that st we started being uh, emancipated, started changing and abolishing the, uh, the idea of slavery in society. However, we need to keep praying because around the world today it exists and um, in, in, in most countries at some level or another today. But just to set, as we read this, is we're going to see the power of the gospel to transform hearts, bring radical reconciliation between men's lives in a local church, a small home church actually. Um, these were the seeds, right, of the gospel that down the road, had not first changed men's hearts, changed a little church's heart when it came to breaking the wall between slaves and masters and bringing equality and then moving out to culture and eventually out to a society at large. Remember, we talked about it last week. Until the heart is changed, nothing's really changed. The gospel works from the inside out. This should be the primary role of the church and the believer, inside out change. If we work legislation outside Right? You know what? We'll never, we will always deal with ultimate problems, never see radical reconciliation if we only work, right, on the outside issues, out at the bigger issue, on the so society issue. Here is the issue in our country today is we are at war with each other because our hearts are not in unity. We desperately need, right, a changed heart. And only the gospel, right, is able to give a context for radically doing this and changing hearts. So that's the context here. And we see that um, uh, Philemon is, is uh, he's, a, he's a, a slave owner. He actually, along with, we're going to see his wife and his son have a, a, a lead a house church. He was actually, by Paul's ministry, uh, Paul, we're going to see later on, is Philemon was seen, uh, Paul sees him as a, as a, uh, a child, as, as one of his children uh, who came to faith through Paul's ministry. And... Um, uh, Philemon obviously was had a uh, a church in his home, and one of and back then most of the time the slaves everybody would would worship together, um, but we see a lot of language in the scripture of how that's to work the unity and the release there. Well, we see the history here is that one of his slaves and most likely his the one in charge um, Onesimus uh, actually left. We we don't have the details except that he left. Um, most likely he stole some money. Um, from he stole something right from his owner and he left and in that culture uh he was at risk of death right and he finds himself and we don't have the details just in this amazing story but we find uh, uh, that onesimus found himself in rome now uh, philemon is in Colossus, and that's uh, so where his home church is and so uh this runaway uh, from his house, found himself and, and somehow supernaturally came in contact with Paul in Rome. Paul is writing this book from prison. He is in Rome in prison for the gospel. 
And in this exchange, somehow Paul leads this runaway to Jesus, transforms his life, and then disciples and becomes his spiritual father. And then through the gospel, sends him back because he needs to reconcile, right? Make right. But when he, in this beautiful letter, sent back to the church. And again, folks, listen to this. This letter was to be read in front of the entire church where, where there were people there uh, uh, knowing that, that this um, uh, Onesimus had run away from his owner. And, um, and, and encourages, Paul encourages Philemon to receive back Onesimus, not as a bondservant, but as a brother in the Lord because of what the gospel had done to transform. And we're going to see this beautiful language of reconciliation that only the gospel can accomplish. So let's dive in. The book of Philemon. Paul, a prisoner for Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our beloved fellow worker, and Aphia, his wife, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and the church in your house. Um, beautiful, again, just the expression of, 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 uh, of the Christian faith that it spread at this point, right? Most of, there was, weren't official buildings. It was the church met in multiple homes, typically large homes of wealthy believers who opened their home through hospitality for the church to gather um, in those homes. Grace to you, peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love. Listen to this. This is Paul to the church because this was to be read by Philemon in his church, his house church. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Listen to the intimate relationship, the bond between Paul and Philemon. Because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have towards the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. For I have derived much joy and comfort from your love, my brother, because the hearts of the saints have been refreshed through you. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake, listen to this language, I prefer to appeal to you. I, Paul, an old man, and now a prisoner also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my pris imprisonment. Formerly he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. I'm sending him back to you, sending my very heart. Wow. I would have been glad to keep him with me in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel, but I prefer to do nothing without your consent in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion, but your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. Listen, not forever. No longer as a bondservant, but more than a bondservant as a beloved brother, especially to me. But how much more to you both in the flesh and in the Lord. So if you consider me your partner, receive him as you would receive me. If he has wronged you <clears throat> at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. Wow. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. To say nothing of your owing me even your own 
self. Wow. Yes, brother. I want some benefit from you in the Lord. Refresh my heart in Christ. Now, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I say. At the same time, prepare a guest room for me, for I am hoping that through your prayers I will be graciously given to you. Paul was hoping to be released from prison here. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner in Christ Jesus, sends greetings to you, and so do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Wow. Folks, there is so much in this little book um, that really is such a beautiful picture of spirit, the power of spiritual fatherhood, discipleship, the radical um, transformational power of the gospel to change hearts, to change a small community, and then ultimately to change a society, right, in a healthy way. Remember, the church is to be the city on the hill. The church is to exemplify healthy community. It is in the church where we are to, to, uh, to see the radical power of the gospel working to reconcile people, whether it's races, whether it's socioeconomic levels, whatever it is, this radical blessing that only the gospel can do to bring people in unity who have radical differences. Um, and we see Paul's work here of spiritual fatherhood, not only in Philemon's life, but in, in um, Onesimus' life as, as well. So just a couple of things here I just want to point out um, as we look at this, this idea. Okay, well, what is um, uh, this definition? What do we really mean by it, right? Spiritual uh, fatherhood. And uh, let me go. I think I have it. Here we go. 1 Corinthians 4, 15, look at Paul's language. He says here to the church in Corinth, he says, For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. You have many gods, which we all have guides. That could be our favorite author we read. That could be our favorite podcast we do. That could be our pastor. That could be our youth director. That could be, just go down the list. It could be a friend who who, uh, we journey with, a peer who encourages us. We have many gods, those who help lead us in this walk of faith. But as Paul says right here, he says, but you do not have many fathers. And folks, we have a deficit in the church today, and let alone in our culture today, of healthy spiritual fathers. And this is uh, what the gospel is to do, is to nurture, to awaken this, this understanding of what uh, being a spiritual father, right, is, is all about. Um, Okay, spiritual father, folks, it's something deeper than a mentor. We talk about mentorship. Mentorship is awesome, but this is far deeper than just mentorship, right? A spiritual father, ideally, right, is someone in our lives, men, I'm speaking directly to men primarily this morning, on Father's Day, is another man who shared the gospel with us and possibly led us to faith in Jesus. And I just asked you this morning, who's led you to Jesus, who was the one that, that let, didn't just kind of talk spirituality with you, didn't just kind of talk about where your heart is, didn't just kind of be there and maybe have some apologetic discussion with you. 
Do you have a man in your life that loves you enough to boldly and repeatedly come to you with the offer of the gospel, who Jesus is, and call you to confession, call you to bow before him as Lord and Savior, that he is the one and the only one who can transform your life and heal your wounds and and bring real purpose and awakening to your calling as a man? Do you have a man in your life that way? That's a spiritual father. Now, to be a spiritual father doesn't, we don't have to be the one to lead someone to Jesus initially. We could also be one as Paul was with possibly um, Philemon is that he came, somebody else, his ministry at large brought him to faith and he came along afterwards and discipled, became his spiritual father in, in speaking into his life. Now, uh, Onesimus, he led him to, yeah, Paul became a, a father to him as we'll see and, and led him into that born again experience with Jesus. But gentlemen, I, what I, I'm trying to say here is, is where is the fire among God's men and fathers today to be bold when it comes to the gospel, sharing Jesus, being a witness for Christ and calling people, especially our children, right, to their heavenly father and, and leading people, right? That is spiritual fatherhood. It's something more personal than just being a discipler, a disciple maker or a, a, a Bible study teacher or something. It's more deep. It's, it's deeper. It is deeply relational, right? And getting involved with another man to walk with him and it never ends. It's like, oh, class is not over, right? A spiritual father is someone who, there might be big chunks of time where we don't talk, but it's someone who, who checks in. And I'm praying for you, brother. Are you on course? Are you finishing well? And more important as we get older, because we know the stats of men, Christian men who finish well is scary. It's low, low, low. Something happens in midlife and moves to the end where, as we'll see, even in this book where, where Paul says here, he speaks about greetings and he talks about um, Mark gives you greetings, Aristarchus gives you greetings, Demas gives you greetings. If you go to uh, the book of Colossians, we see that Paul later on, he, he writes and he says that Demas, he got too tied up in the things of the world. He's left the mission. Folks, this is the case for men today is that we go through life and what happens is the fire of following God, of being what God's called us to be or pressing in to be that is the pressures of the world, the things of the world, they numb us and they draw us away, right? And so spiritual father is that continually speaking in, questioning, following up, down the line, being there for each other. That is what spiritual, and we all desperately need it and we need to be that. Ask God to help us be that. Even if we didn't have it, as we're gonna see, um, is that we can be a spiritual fatherhood, even if we didn't have it modeled for us, is God wants to, through discipleship, make us right, that for, for others. Um, dads, there is no greater role as a father, as a dad, that you have than to be a spiritual father for your children. God has given you that place to be the very image of God that they, that they uh, first get is, is from you. It's for me. Now, this is tough stuff. Remember, we're parenting for generations. We have to waken up the responsibility here and awaken our hearts to realize 
um, what the Ten Commandments say, what uh, Exodus 20, what Deuteronomy says, is it, it, it says to dad, specifically fathers, is that God visits the iniquity, the, the sin the, the, uh, of fathers. It's passed down three generations. We're parenting for generations. But the grace of God, godly, spiritual fatherhood, with the promises, it goes for thousands of generations. And it can break every bad chain along the way and change the inheritance from your family. You're parenting for a generation. You're not parenting just for the children in your own home. This is spiritual fatherhood. This is what God has called us to. And we cannot do it right without his help and a restoration right inside of our hearts. So just to touch base on a couple things here in the book of Philemon, in verses 10 and 11, Paul says this. Um, he says, I appeal to you for my child, Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Formerly, he was useless to you, but now he is indeed useful to you and to me. Um, Onesimus in the Greek means useful. Paul is using a play of words here, folks. And when he's pleading with Onesimus' master, right? He, he, and, and who Paul is the spiritual father of Philemon himself, right? He, he's saying, look, formerly he was useless to you. These are strong words. Let's just think about this for a minute. But now I'm sending him back. He is useful. In other words, now as he goes on, he is a brother forever. Because now Onesimus has, has been set free from just these worldly eyes of seeing his own situation and see that God has a purpose and a calling for him. He is useful for the kingdom. He is useful for eternal work, fruit that lasts, not fruit that is just going to die. Remember Jesus in John 15 said, without him, you can do nothing is that what we do, right, is my purpose and calling in life as a man especially, that's so important. The question is, is this in connection? Is this flowing, right, from my relationship with my heavenly father? Or am I just battling, trying to please my earthly father? It's still battling the wounds of, of what I grew up with in this world. Or am I set free, as Onesimus is set free, right, to genuinely walk now in the fullness of his calling and to be a real brother in the part of the eternal family of God with Philemon. To completely reorient this earthly fallen world slave master relationship. To completely blow that up into. And Paul is saying look restore this brother because his heart's been changed. He's a child of God now. I'm his spiritual father and I'm your spiritual father. And I, and I plead with you receive him back as an example to the watching world of what the gospel is does it reconciles it knocks down the walls and barriers fallenness wounds everything else that occur in this life wow what a beautiful call right um so that's verse 10 11 i just want to point out verse 16 18 um that says this so if you consider me so this is paul again pleading with philemon says if you consider me your partner right in other words paul again this is the partnership in the gospel um, that, that, is, that, we, that binds us together by, by the Spirit of God and the gospel. Receive him as you would receive me. And, and let's just think about this. I mean, this is radical stuff, right? Remember, a third or more of the population was, was slaves. Many people, the only route they had to, to, to in life was to sell themselves into slavery, right? To pay their debts. Um, 
And, and Paul is saying, and, and, and Onesimus had wronged his master, right? He, he had broken the law, stole something. We don't know what it is. And Paul said, receive him back as you would receive me, right? And, um, and, and you can only imagine what is, think about Onesimus' heart. Wow, what, what the fear? Is he going to receive me back? I can be thrown in prison. I could be killed for this. Is he going to receive me back? And, and look what the gospel does to Onesimus' heart in the sense he's willing to go reconcile because of the gospel. Amazing. And uh, so he pleads with them, we're partners, re- please receive him as you'd receive me. If he has wronged you at all, in other words, any, any the wrongs that he's done, or owes you anything, charge that to my account. I'll tell you, that part challenges me more than anything. Because this is where mercy comes in, radical mercy. Paul is basically saying, listen, Onesimus, he needs to make right with you. But if you hold something still to his account, as his spiritual father, what I'm telling you is I'm going to fill the gap. I'm going to fill the gap so that things can be reconciled. I'm going to take part here to see that uh, the gospel is, uh, and God is glorified and reconciliation happens. He says, I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it. And listen to this. To say nothing of you, Philemon, owing me, even your own self. Wow. Spiritual fatherhood. What Paul is saying to Philemon is that Philemon, without Paul's ministry of the gospel, Philemon would be a lost person in the world. That his very life, his eternal life, that Paul, being a spiritual father, was a key role in that whole process. Um, powerful stuff. Yes, brother, I want some benefit from you in the Lord. What Paul is saying is, in a very strong way to Philemon, is I am your spiritual father. I expect great things from you. I expect, because of what the gospel's done in your life, that now you're going to show yourself truly a man of God. You're going to show yourself to do the right thing. You're going to show yourself and your church and the larger society. You're going to show them the power of the gospel. You're going to be obedient to what the word of God says. That's the role of a spiritual father in our lives. So it's a powerful, powerful story here of the gospel and in this role of, of spiritual fatherhood and, and the restoration of that. So just here in closing, I just want to go back to the first things we opened up with and just talk a little bit and throw it out. And, and uh, again, if any of our ministry team wants to speak into this at all or, or bring a testimony, um, let's do it. But these three things, um, boy, there's, I think, the three main barriers of releasing us as men, as fathers, into getting a grasp and learning how to be a spiritual father, restoring that. Let me just say, it, I don't care how old you are out there. I don't care what, how, how, what a mess life or family is, is, is remember the gospel is power enough to restore the years, as Jeremiah says, as Joel says, that the locust stole is the gospel is power enough to restore and do something beautiful with, right? It's never too late, right, to start being a spiritual father, but you got to want it. And you've got to have faith. You've got to move towards God and start asking for it and making yourself available right for it. We all have father wounds. It's just the way it is. 
But for some of us, those father wounds are still holding us back. Some, for some of us, we're trying under our own power to, to fix that or to live a certain way to forget that, deny that, or to live differently than that, or to live from out from under that, that generational impact. It is impossible for anyone to be set free from those things outside of the freeing gospel of grace. And, um, and the only way is is someone has to lead us. Someone has to lead us to Jesus, who is the one who leads us to our Heavenly Father. And this is back to what I said earlier is, do you have a man in your life, and are you being that man in other men's lives to be bold? Is we, We've got to see an awakening in the church today in this idea that we just kind of hang around and we just talk spiritual talk. God has called you, Father, man, He's called you to be a witness for him. He's called us, right, to be proclaimers of the gospel of Jesus and to call men to follow him and to be able to lead men, right, to Jesus, to the beautiful. And this this is where the healing begins is to get fresh eyes on who our heavenly father is. And uh, there has to be a boldness, and that boldness has to be couched in love, not some, you know, ranting, raving. It has to be a loving thing to step in, be bold, loving with another man in the sense of, boy, brother, I, 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 you're, what's missing in your heart is, is God. You need Jesus, right, to save you and to redeem you and introduce you to your heavenly Father. You need salvation. And uh, this is the role of a spiritual father, is we start there to be able to say, and as a dad, dad, I encourage you, most dads, most of us feel very um, unqualified, we feel very insecure in talking to our children about God. It should not be that way. What we see all the way back to the beginning is that dad is to be the priest as such of the household, the one who covers, blesses, protects the promises of God over the house, the blessing of God over the house, right? The one who leads the family to the presence of God. But for many of us, let's just be honest, we we struggle with that, right? We don't feel confident in that. What we're saying this morning is it's time to turn the page. It's time to start a new day. It's time to be that because God desires you to be that. He will make you that. He will provide spiritual fathers in your life if you ask. If you ask and realize, part of this is just realizing, man, I I need a spiritual father. I need someone to disciple me and lead me into these things. It will not happen without that. That's the context that Jesus has given us the Great Commission to make disciples, men to lead the way on that Great Commission. And so I think I look at Paul and uh, what were Paul's wounds? We know nothing of Paul's father. But what we do know from Paul is that he had a spiritual father and his name was Gamaliel and he was the top religious teacher of the day. Paul was of high, high privilege and um, what we see all through Paul's language is he was constantly Right, trying to shed his patch, his shed his 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 uh, bad experience, his baggage, and what was seen by many as privilege. He was constantly trying to shed that and restore right his his call, his the fatherhood of God in his life, and Jesus as his savior and the gospel, right, to transform him now into a genuine right spiritual fatherhood, and to let that transform his old ways that he learned 
uh, when he grew up. And we see this, getting rid of that baggage. And we see even Philippians. And gang, let me just say, we got to deal with that stuff, but we don't dwell there. Paul said, look, I don't look behind anymore. I don't focus on the wounds. I don't focus on all that stuff. That baggage is that I have my eyes set forward on the prize that God, my heavenly father, has for me. And folks, we've got this spiritual fatherhood is, is getting with other men saying, come on, get up off the couch. Stop whining and complaining about what you were, what you had. Let's go. It's time to set your eyes forward on God and what he has for you today. You need to stop letting the, the past wounds right determine who you are today. The gospel has a future for who you want you to be moving forward. We all need that person in our lives, right? To just shake us up, to, to get us out of looking back, stuck in the wounds, stuck in the past. We don't focus there. We focus there. We focus on the gospel. That's what transforms us. That is where our new inheritance is from our Heavenly Father. That's what will change us. And that is a shift, right? When the gospel saves us, it should be this reorientation away from my past, even away from my present circumstances. And it's a reorientation. Faith says what? I walk by faith, not by sight. My faith shifts. I move towards the promises and the inheritance that God has for me now and for all eternity. That's what eternal life means. A whole new awakening, a whole new orientation of how I see my life and what God has for me in this. So that's the first one is that just the gospel comes, it transforms at the very fundamental level in our lives, our wounds, and it gives us a fresh idea, a fresh right relationship with our Heavenly Father where it's the shifting, right, to Him as our Father, our Heavenly Father, to Him as the one who uh, has an inheritance for us. The second thing here is we all, right, we have a, a lack of models, don't we? Where are these men today? Let's just get honest. Where, where, where are the spiritual fathers in the church today? Where are the bold men of faith today who are in love with God? Not with the world. Not with their careers. Not with the things of the world. Where are the men who have gray hair, right? Who love God more than the world. Who are bold for the gospel of Jesus. And, and you can't have a man come in church without these men jumping in there and getting in and loving him and pressing in on the real issues. Where are the spiritual fathers today? Right? They're, they're, they're few and far between. And the reality is for most of us, we didn't have that in our life. We're missing the model. So we're talking about this becoming something that we don't even have a, 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 a picture of because we didn't, we didn't have it ourselves and we don't see it much right in the church. And, and so it starts with, Lord, please, we ask for it. Raise up spiritual fathers. Right? And make us, we have to start where we're at. Here's what's important. Even if I didn't have it, it doesn't get me off the hook. God wants to make me that. And the process for making us a spiritual father, even if I didn't have one, is to develop me into that. And it's the process of discipleship. And it's the process of learning to grow into that, right, ourselves. Men getting with men and charging each other, right, to be godly fathers, husbands, and spiritual dads. Without that, you know what? The world will take over. That's the bottom line. Without having other men in your life, in my life, who are united, locking arms in this, and, and, let's, and, and, and not based on some top, not, not, not some need in my life, but solely based on we want to follow Jesus. That's what disciples is. And I'm willing to submit my life to the word of God. And I need you guys to hold me accountable and push me on to be that. And to lay hold of all of God's calling. All that he has for me. 
right in life. And so again, if we don't have it, we have to ask for it. And what I know, I could give testimony after testimony. This is a prayer that God will absolutely answer because he commands us to do it. So ask. Ask for a disciple maker. Ask for a spiritual father in your life. Ask for a group of men to, to, to journey together, to, be, to, to not just get together to have like a, a little friendship party, but to be on mission. The goal of it is that in turn, we're going to be out as spiritual fathers, rallying and getting into other men's lives and being that for them, right? That this can be restored again, right? In, in the church today. The final one is just the lack of confidence in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. This is where the rubber meets the road. All These first two things aren't done. We have so many men today are, are walking through life and, and there's just no confidence. There's no faith. There, there's, there's more, there, and there's very little fruit. There's more wounds of the world and maybe practically being a good dad, practically providing and doing the practical things that are important for sure, but missing holy the most important piece of being a spiritual dad, being a spiritual father, right, to others. And um, this is where our confidence comes in. And so uh, I would just say, how do I build my confidence? And, he, and here's the deal. Even in the midst of my lack of confidence of, man, I, I don't feel like I had that model in my life and I don't feel like I'm ready, is many of you out there and, and many of us here, is we haven't had the model and we've, had, we've been maybe a little discipled ourselves. Here's the deal. We'll never become what God wants us to be outside of a radical step of faith. I have to at some point step out and say, okay, I've had enough pouring in. I need to step out. I need to boldly pursue. God, make me that spiritual father. Lord, make me a disciple maker. Let me step out and boldly step into some other men's lives and call them and ask you and depend on you to help me show me how to love them and how to lead them into this. Without that, that step of discipleship, without that step of faith, our confidence in God, we stay dependent on others. We never radically experience right, the, the power of God. We stay stuck. And that's where many men are today. They're stuck, right? And not making that final step of, I'm ready to go. I don't, I'm, I don't, I don't feel confident, but Lord, you're going to use me. I'm going to have others encourage me. I'm going to step out, and I'm going to call men to gather together, and we're going to learn how to follow Jesus. We're going to learn how to be godly husbands and spiritual fathers for our family and spiritual fathers for other men as well. Um, that is the Great Commission. That is at the core of what Healthy Church is all about. And we need to pray, right, that God... Um, would restore that in, in this day and age. So um, I hope you'll take those, those things this morning um, when we think about this idea of, of spiritual fatherhood and we think of Paul as, as the wonderful example here and you say, oh, well, that was Paul, Steve. I mean, the great apostle Paul, I, I, I can't do that. All of us have thought that at one time or another. But I just ask us to think about this. Is the gospel sufficient? Is the power of God sufficient for you? Is Jesus is coming to this earth, leaving the glory in heaven to come and to die a death, to take my sin, to take your sin, to sin of the sin of the world, to, to die and to defeat the power of sin and then raise, rise from the dead third day and defeat the power of death. Is that sufficient for you? Is that sufficient for your wounds? Is that sufficient right, for, for, for any excuse I have? For me to just to not move forward, for me not to boldly say, all right, God, I'm ready to go. Let's go. 
right? Let me provide that man, provide that group of men. Uh, show me it. Let me just pursue that. I, I, I ask you just as a practical piece, pray for it and then move yourself into your church community and make yourself available. If you haven't been discipled, start there. Start asking leadership and others, how can I become part of a men's disciple? And here's the deal. You've got to be ready for it. And this doesn't mean because you need, your, you, know, you need this fixed, you need that fixed, I need to work on this. Remember, none of us, none of us uh, can fix ourselves. None of us are, are, can get ourselves in a good enough place where we're worthy of something. Only the gospel can do that. It's faith. It's saying, making myself vulnerable and saying, God, I need, some, I need to be able to follow Jesus and be a discipler. I need someone speaking into my life. I need that person, right, like a Paul in my life. Is it, um, it's not just for the apostle Paul. It's for you. It's for me. It's for every man out there to be a spiritual father. And the gospel is more than sufficient. The power of God through the Holy Spirit to equip you, empower you, is more than sufficient, right, to, uh, to make us, all right, the men that we need to be and so I hope this Father's Day that, um, that you'll, you'll take some of these, just some simple steps. We need to rock ourselves, men, out of our com- spiritual complacent position today and, and, and to have fresh eyes, to step into the body of Christ and say, we're willing to be those men. We're willing to be that spiritual father, right? Um, and, and it's such a beautiful thing when it's seen. We're getting ready, Chris... Youth pastor, here's getting ready to <clears throat> take our men on, on uh, to man camp, men with their sons, and, uh, and just talking about these issues. And, uh, and it, it delights my heart to see that uh, some of our men, right, who, are, uh, who don't even have kids yet, to be able to fill in the gap, to be a spiritual dad to, to sons of, of single moms and invite them. It's beautiful. That's, that's the expression in, in the church of, of filling the gap, being a dad where there was no dad. And uh, please press in single moms with, uh, ask God to provide those spiritual dads. This, this idea of being spiritual father, it, 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 it affects so many different areas of service and blessing and reconciliation. This is how a culture, a community is radically changed. This is how the gospel changed things it's from the inside out. Right? And we have the beautiful picture here, obviously, of Philemon that we've, re- we've seen and, uh, and, and the outworking um, of all that. So, um, so, men, let us know. Let us know. Contact us, all the, uh, the men leaders in this body. Um, we want to journey with each other. Uh, there's some phenomenal things going around us, some great testimonies of dads. Uh, really getting a vision for this, stepping into other men's lives, stepping into children of single parents' lives, and on and on. This is the church at work. This is the gospel, right, at work. So happy Father's Day. Um, I hope that you have an awesome day. And, and let me, I just, I can't help but think, some of, somebody's out there watching this, and you're, you're, you're feeling overwhelmed. You're feeling like you, you can't do this. You're feeling like you've failed over and over again. You're feeling like things are too much of a mess. I want to speak clearly to you. Stop thinking that right now. The gospel is sufficient today. You need to make a step. You need to move. You simply need to ask God's people for help. You simply need to move towards other men's lives 
Part of that could be just coming forge. Men gather here every Wednesday morning at 6.30 a.m. Uh, the men meet with Bryant down Mid Valley at Elements Hotel, 6.30 every Friday a.m. Also, you can zoom in on those. Um, it's, a pl- it's a place where we encourage. We start to connect. And we start to encourage this and create this atmosphere of moving out right into discipleship. But please, don't, don't get discouraged. Don't buy the lie Right, that you can't do it because of this or that, the excuses. The gospel is sufficient. And God, more than anything, he wants to be your heavenly father so you can be a spiritual father right, to others. So God bless you and uh, happy, happy Father's Day. I hope that your eyes and heart will be set above on your heavenly father and everything he has for us. So before I close in prayer, um, Derek, anything on, do we have anything on the, uh, I didn't even mention the, uh, the text. If you have questions to text in this morning, do we have anything back there? Uh, oh, Becca, we got some. Yeah. yeah. We need the microphone here on, please. All right. It's good. Okay. So, um, we just had one person text in and ask for prayer for healing for their godson who has a collapsed lung mm. and then their other friend to faithfully serve God and the less fourth uh, fortunate his entire life who's struggling with um, advanced prostate cancer. Mm. The second request was for those of us who have trouble compl- and complicated relationships with our fathers on this Father's Day. So I just asked Brian earlier if he would lift up both those things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Lift those up, bro. It's a grid. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Man, I just, um, before I pray, I just want to highlight the, man, this message um, and the gospel that you just brought to us and and how how you know Paul didn't criticize Gamaliel for his, mm-hmm. his how he was raised and, mm-hmm. and everything he dealt with his own you know his his heart yeah you know and we prayed earlier that let there be light and and boy what a profound message of of that light and how it shone to mm-hmm. to Paul on the road to Damascus and yeah. how he was transformed and, and saw the light and yeah. So I just want to pray that yes. um, for us this morning, too, yeah. and as we lift these up, these prayer Wonderful. requests up. Mm. Father, um, mm. we thank you uh, that you're faithful and that, mm. that you are a loving Father and that you desire to be with us, Lord, as you, as you show us through your Word, um, Lord, and through, um, Lord, what a powerful experience um, that Paul had with you, Lord, and that each of us have with you as we come to you, um, and Lord, as we make that choice to, to deal with our own hearts and not criticize others for not being there. Um, Lord, that you are faithful to bring others into our life and to bring transformation through your gospel. Um, so thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this transformation. And Lord, I pray for those who um, are stuck in that place of, of criticism or of criticizing others for not being there, um, that there would be, a, um, Lord, just a transformation, that you would bring light into that situation, Lord, um, to reveal yourself and to, and to, Lord, transform that heart. Um, Lord, I lift up the, the prayer request um, that came in this morning. Um, Lord, I pray for this, uh, this 20-year-old um, who's recovering from a collapsed lung. Lord, I pray for a quick recovery, Lord God. I pray that, uh, Lord, that you would stretch out as a heavenly Father, you would stretch out your healing hand, uh, to this this young man and um, and heal his lungs and uh, Lord I, I pray also um, for those who are struggling um, this 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 man who's struggling um, 
with prostate cancer, Lord God, that you would do the same. Lord, that you would stretch out your loving hand. Um, Lord, your compassion and your compassion and heal this man quickly. And um, Lord, I just pray also for those who have troubled relationships with their fathers. Um, Lord, I pray that you uh, would be the one, you would be the repairer of these relationships, Lord. Uh, Lord, come uh, in a mighty way, Lord God. Whether it's today or tomorrow, um, in the near future, Lord, I pray, uh, Lord, for for those eyes, um, for those walls to be broken down, Lord God, for any any troubled past, whatever it is, that they these relationships, Lord, they would look to these troubled pasts and they would count those things as garbage, Mm -hmm. um, as compared to you and and the and the blessings of your gospel that you bring Mm -hmm. forth and you will bring forth into those relationships. So, Lord, thank you for redemption in those relationships in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. Amen. Thanks, Brian. Awesome. Well, thank you all for tuning in this morning. Again, happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.